Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is our weekly podcast from our Sunday services. It was so good. Man, who enjoyed their Thanksgiving? Come on. We're so thankful for all of you. And, you know, there is a little inside joke. Um, Some people are counting how many so goods happen in a service on Sundays here at Portland Christian Center. But you know what? It is so good. So let's give them a couple more to count. So good on three. One, two, three. So good. Yes, our God is so good. We're thankful for every one of you. So glad you are here. And if you're online with us, it was pretty fun this morning. I had quite a few people actually text me and message me on Facebook uh, that they were at home or actually some of them were in other parts of the U.S. Actually, someone is overseas and they're watching right now. So hello. We're so glad that you're with us. Isn't that exciting? Yes, we're glad that everyone is here and with us. Well, today is a very special day. It's something that we've been praying about for a a month, and that is Miracle Offering Sunday. Miracle Offering Sunday. And just so you know, it actually is something that's been um, stirring in Mael and and our, our hearts for quite some time because, you see, when the board called us and set up a Zoom with us, to talk about what our vision was, what are some things that we would like to see if we were the next, uh, it's kind of funny to say that now, five months in, if you were the next lead pastors at Portland Christian Center, what would you do? And we prayed about it and we came up with some answers. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit impressed on our hearts was that PCC, we knew the heritage was already a generous church, but that PCC would be growing in generosity, that we would actually lead the way in generosity. And as we prayed about it and as we went through the process of becoming the new lead pastors here at Portland Christian Center, the board and my wife and I, and as we talked, we just saw this church being a body of believers that would not shrink back from a challenge that we would actually look at the face of something that says, man, I don't know if you can give that much. Have you seen the interest rates lately? Have you seen what's going on in the housing market? Have you seen what's going on? And we say, sure, we see those little things, but we have a bigger God. We have a God that will supply all of our needs according to his riches and Glory. And we see a church, when we close our eyes, we see a church that's leading the way in growing in generosity because we may have been somebody that was generous here, but we know God's not done with us yet. We're going to keep growing. PCC will be a church that grows in generosity. That's who we are. And if you're brand new with us, we're so glad that you're here. Just to catch you up, I want to show you a card, something that we, we've kind of put out. We are doing a miracle offering for something really important. I want to show you what we're giving to today. Our goal is $30,000. And we're believing we're going to blow that out of the water in Jesus' name. 
Uh, but what we've been doing since November 13th and 20th, we've been praying, we've been taking prayer requests and needs and different things. But there's three things that we are going to give generously towards a miracle offering. The first one is local outreach. There's a school close by. Robert Gray, and there's actually other schools close by, uh, Ida B. B. Wells, used to be Wilson, different places, um, that have families with low income. And we're going to bless them. Come on, I'm expecting a little more clapping for that. And we're going to bless them. You ready for that? We're going to do something outrageous. Outrageous. Second one is that there are people in our family at Portland Christian Center that need a financial miracle this season, and we're going to bless them too. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Come on. Come on. All right. I'm warming you up. You got this is your last chance. You ready? You ready to get excited? Some of you need to warm yourselves up. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Oh, dear. Some of you still have, neighbor. Is that the turkey still? Neighbor. This is worth cheering for. This is worth cheering for. Last one as we are going to bless some missionaries. Come on. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And I I just want to remind every single one of you that we are generous because he is generous. This is all a response because of what God has done in us and for us. And now he wants to work through us to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for the miracle offering. We're not going to receive it yet. That'll be at the end. I'll have a, a, a message for us today. I just believe it is going to be a timely, powerful message for all of us. So get ready. But before we do that, let's just pray and consecrate the service and the offering, the miracle offering to the Lord. So would you just lift your hands just like this with me? And I just want to bless you, Lord. I thank you for every person that's here. I bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that you have blessed us to be a blessing. And I pray that we would see something supernatural today, something that we could not do on our own because we are better together. We are more generous together. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 Have you ever come back to your vehicle and saw a piece of paper wobbling on your windshield? Has anybody ever had that happen to them? All right, the altars aren't open yet, but you can raise your hand. This is you. I had this happen to me a few times, but one time in particular, I was at Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. I had just woken up, gotten out of my apartment, and I went to my truck. I had a pickup truck at the time, and there was one of those papers wobbling in my face. And I went from a good day to A different day, you know, something like that. I just was like, have you ever had those moments where it's like anger, anxiety, fear, finances, all of these things just flash right through your eyes. How am I going to pay this? I'm a college student. How am I going to do all this? So I grab the ticket and I, I look at it and it says parking violation. This is my parking spot. It says parking violation too close to a tree. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Northwest has gone too far. So I grab my truck and I go barreling down to the security office and I, I meet Gordon. He's the head of security. So he runs this whole thing. And I go, Gordon, you've given me tickets before, but this is too far. 
And I started talking to him. I was like, Gordon, what is going on? He goes, you know how sometimes when people are like an authority, they don't really want to give you the time of day. All he did was this. <laughs> give me the ticket, son. So I hand him my ticket. And he, said, and he looks over it. He says, hmm. And he goes, I didn't write this. I didn't sign this ticket. I didn't authorize this ticket. I'm like, well, then who did? One of your deputies, you know, like, you know, as a teacher, you know, come on, you're a college student. You're not like really happy, you know, kind of throwing it back at him, you know, not fully sanctified in Jesus' name, working on it at this point. So I said, okay, one of your deputies? He goes, no. And he hands it back to me. I was so frustrated, so angry. I didn't read who signed it. You know who signed it? The Apostle Paul. You're welcome. You're welcome. Turns out somebody had stolen his book of tickets. And when I went back, I saw all these papers flopping. And then I looked down. Guess what day it was? April Fool's Day. Completely crushed. But you know, when I think about that story, one of the things that's interesting about a ticket, if a ticket does not have the right signature, if it doesn't have the right authority, guess what happens? It's not valid. It has no power. It has no authority. And even though that was embarrassing, it may have been funny and a story that will live in infamy for the rest of my life because I just put it on the internet for everyone to enjoy. What that taught me is that sometimes I give power to things in my life that have no right to be there. I am way too quick to give up my joy, my peace, and my security because of something I am afraid might happen. But it hasn't happened yet. And maybe, just maybe, what I'm afraid of doesn't have any authority in my life unless I surrender it to it. And when we're talking about generosity, today I believe that God is going to break some of us free with a powerful truth about generosity. And here's what it is. You ready? Is that the truth is we grow in generosity by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the lie is, is that I can be generous on my own in the kingdom of God. Do we forget who made everything? The Bible says in Psalms 24 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. It's on loan to you and to me to be a good steward of what he's already given to you. And as you grow in generosity, the big idea, the big truth that we're, we're, we want to take notes on, if you're taking notes, you ready? Is this, write this down. The Holy Spirit empowers generosity. The Holy Spirit empowers generosity. Empower means, if you're writing, writing this down, to give official authority or legal power. Do you realize what the Holy Spirit just did for you? When I received that ticket from Northwest University, signed by the Apostle Paul, it had no legal authority in my life. But the Holy Spirit 
If you allow him to empower you, he gives you legal authority to have power to give generously. You have been given authority and power. And in fact, I'd go even further than that. You have now been entrusted to be generous. And here's one of the most amazing things. When you read the book of Acts, and if you have your Bibles, where are my Bibles at? Acts chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 4. When you read Acts, it's amazing because you see the Holy Spirit get poured out and people speak in tongues. Everybody heard people get speaking in tongues? Anybody heard of that? It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Okay, three of you. All right, this is the Assemblies of God Church. All right. Maybe we need to do another class on that, okay? You see, pro you see prophecy. You see later in Galatians, you see uh, the gift, I mean, I'm sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And what's the last one? Oh, phew, we passed the test. All right, there we go. Self-control. What's interesting is we can all identify different things that the Holy Spirit does, but I think one of the ones that we absolutely forget is that the Holy Spirit actually makes us more generous. He gives you authority to be generous. He gives you power. He empowers you to be generous. And just in case you're wondering, Pastor Nate, where did you get that? Acts chapter 4. It's amazing. Acts chapter 4, if you turn there with me, we're going to go to verse 29 in just a moment. But I want to set up the context for you really quickly. And here, here's what happens. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Get there nice and smoothly. All right, you ready? Verse 29, we're going to read that in just a minute. But if you, just for the context sake, Peter and John and chapter three, are walking into a temple and there's a guy that's been disabled and the Bible says for 40 years. Could you imagine being disabled for 40 years, sitting, begging for food, for money? And he says, please, sir, can I have some money? And Peter looks straight at him and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, hello, Holy Spirit, what I have in me, I have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to what I have, I give you generosity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And the dude jumps up and he runs to the temple. And he tells everybody about Jesus and his miracle. And here's the most beautiful thing about the story. Everyone knew who he was. He'd been at the temple gates for 40 years. They've passed him by over and over and over. And they're like, is that the same guy? What? And then they start telling everybody about Peter and John and that they were, he was healed, not by their power, but by this Jesus who they crucified. And then they start saying, and he rose from the dead. Now, can you imagine this scene? This dude's been healed. You would think there'd be some believers. But no, all the Pharisees, all the Sanhedrin, all the leaders show up and they sternly warn Peter and John and all the apostles. They say, stop preaching about Jesus. It's wrong. Can't preach about Jesus. And they're like, I'm sorry, but we're going to answer to God on this one. Uh, you're writing a ticket in the name of the apostle Paul right now. You have no authority to tell me if I can't preach about Jesus Christ or not. Because he saved me. He transformed me. He changed me. He filled me with his presence. And now the Holy Spirit's in me. And I can be bold. But they, you know what they do? 
They beat them. They flog them. And they say, okay, there's your warning. Go home and don't say another word about Jesus. What do you think they did? Let's find out. In verse 29, it says, and now, this is, the, this is them praying, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness and preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Could you imagine praying right now? Some of you are like, man, Lord Jesus, give me boldness. Boom. PCC starts shaking. Thank you, Lord, for the answer to prayer. Could we do it a little softer next time? It shakes. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. And this is the part I want you to catch. The Holy Spirit empowers generosity. They pray, the place shakes. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what the very next verse says. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. Wow. So they shared everything they had. Can you believe that? The Holy Spirit, you know what he makes us? Conduits, not cul-de-sacs. We're to be people that are distributing the generosity of the Holy Spirit, not holding it in for ourselves. Listen to what happens. Then the apostle testifies powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. Could you imagine Portland? Not one needy person around us. 657,000 in the city of Portland, all of them completely blessed by God. Not needy, full of the Holy Spirit, in power, transformed, loving God, filling up every church because there's so many people, we actually need more churches. Over and over and over. That's what revival looks like. And as I'm saying that, I can tell someone like, really? Yes! I believe that God can transform a city. I believe that God can change a nation. I believe, as the Bible says, that the hearts of a king is in the hand of the Lord. He can transform any situation. There were no needy people among them because those who own land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. Have you ever thought how they got there? I mean, just kind of a side note, Joseph to Barnabas. Barney? I don't know. But I like the definition of what Barnabas means, son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Wow! Isn't that exciting? Isn't that the church we want to be a part of? Where we would do something so audacious, so crazy, that we would sell things to provide for other people. And why would we do such a crazy thing? Because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, changing us, filling us, renewing our minds. 
The Holy Spirit empowers generosity. If he's going to do that, if he's going to change us, you know what the first thing he's going to have to do? Number one, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit empowers generosity to change your perspective. We need a perspective shift. Because the truth is, if you're like me, I'll, I'll just be honest. My first thought is, if I sold my car today, my first thought is not, how can I give all that money away to bless somebody else? But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart, he will start prompting things in your life to do things crazier than that. Crazier than that. You see, look what happens in verse 32. We re let's review it. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. What did they share? Some things? A few things. Everything. They were sharing and blessing everyone and everything. You see, one of the things that needs to change in our lives is our perspective on our things. You see this LaCroix right here? In case you're wondering, it's mine. Was there ever a doubt? If I came into my house with a LaCroix in my hand, I'm going to be met by my little guy, Tate. And you know what he's going to say? My LaCroix. And he will run up and grab it out of my hands and start drinking it. I want to show you a picture of Tate. All three of the drinks that you see right there were at one time in my possession. <laughs> and he enjoyed every single sip of LaCroix. One of the greatest, I believe this, one of the greatest things that need to change in the perspective of the local church is that what we own actually really belongs to God. Because the truth is, if you think you own it, then you've got to maintain it. You've got to control it. You've got to make sure it fits your vision. Well, what about God's vision? What about what God wants to do in and through you at Portland Christian Center? And I'll be the first one to admit, sharing my drinks is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> sharing my food is not my favorite thing to do. Sharing in general is not my favorite thing to do. But the Holy Spirit convicted me on this. And I didn't like to, I didn't like to hear it. I kind of questioned it, but I, I think it's really true. The problem is I was partnering with a mindset and a perspective that's actually a poverty mentality. You see, I'm more hung up on my son drinking one LaCroix when I went in my fridge that day, by the way, and my in-laws, they had two cases of these sitting in the fridge. My father in heaven says that he has an abundance for me. He has limitless resources. And I'm over here crying about one LaCroix that's gone when he's saying, if you will trust me, I have more than enough for you, for your kids, for your family, for your children. And so it's like, but God, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. That's why it's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and certain of we do not see. So Pastor Jason, I hope you can catch this. 
That LaCroix right there, that was my LaCroix. <laughs> you see, one of the challenges all of us have to have a shift in is our perspective. Because oftentimes when we are generous, we're looking for the applause of man. Did you see it? I don't want anybody else to know, but did you see it? You see, when the Holy Spirit shifts your heart, you don't care who gets the credit, do you? You're here to build the kingdom. Whew, I feel like I'm hitting a nerve. It's a hard message, isn't it? That's why we need the Holy Spirit to empower us. Because we cannot give generously the way the Holy Spirit has called us to unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think so often, and I'm guilty of this, is where I'll preach a message and I'll be like, man, just think of all the great things that you could do with your money. Think of all this that you could do. Think of what you can do. Think of what you could do. And then the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, stop thinking about yourself. If all you do is think about yourself, you're going to go back to a poverty mindset. But instead, I'm thinking, man, who can I bless today? Who can I bless today? Who can catch this? Can you catch it? All right. Give it up for him right there. All right. Who can I bless today? And isn't it interesting? The moment I give something away, the Holy Spirit says, oh, you're testing me. I have even more ready to go through you. What did I say? We are conduits, not cul-de-sacs. We are conduits, not cul-de-sacs. And I want you, as I'm talking right now, to ask yourself this important question. Maybe write this down. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, am I missing generosity in my life? You've empowered me to be generous. Have I got stuck in materialism and Black Friday and everybody else got all the presents and I didn't get anything? You have more than enough. More than enough in the kingdom of God. So the first thing that needs to shift in our lives, number one, if you're taking notes, is our perspective. And here's the best part about the Holy Spirit. You know what he does? When you lean on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers generosity. And here's what he's going to do. You ready for this? He's going to destroy fear. He's going to destroy fear. Did you see what happened to those people that were praying and asking God for boldness? They said, stop, we flogged you and we'll do even worse to you. You know what they said? Make me bolder, Lord. Man, we get upset if they threaten to fine us. No! We're going to preach the gospel even more. We're going to tell more people about the name of Jesus. Why? Because I'm not afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. When the Holy Spirit fills you, you know what ends up happening? When he fills you, you get bold. You get full of his power and his strength and fear disappears. The problem with fear, if we're being honest, is that fear wants you to freeze. Fear wants you to freeze. Why does it want you to freeze? 
Because the kingdom of God was actually designed to move forward. Remember what the Bible says? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, the kingdom of God is supposed to be advancing. But if you're frozen with fear, guess what? You can't advance, can you? When I was 15 years old, I was home alone with my brother, 13, and we heard someone come through downstairs of our house. We heard a door shut. And instantly, we're scared. We're all by ourselves, no cell phones, parents aren't home, nobody's home. So I remember sitting there and we heard this door shut. And all I could say was, Dad, is that you? Silence. Dad? Come on, Dad, it's got to be you. Silence. Then we hear a footstep. Another footstep. Another footstep. And this person's coming up the stairway into our living room where my brother and I are, are at. We're like, Dad, come on, Dad. Silence. Silence. He come, this person's coming up and they're just about the top step. Like, Dad, please tell us you. And all we hear is this. And he jumps out at us. It was my dad. Scared the living daylights out of us. We ran all over the house. We were so freaked out. What were we afraid of? Nothing. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do with you. He wants you to partner with the spirit of fear. Not fear, like healthy fear, like if I touch that stove, it's going to burn my finger. I'm not going to touch it. Hello. If I spend all my money with my credit cards, I can't be generous. Hello. We need to be wise, right? We understand all that. But then the enemy wants to play you by saying, if you give, if you're generous, will there be enough for you? And I'm here to tell you, God's got all the LaCroix you'll ever need. He's an abundant God. And my prayer for Portland Christian Center is that we would be people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be generous because we're partnering with the spirit of power, strength, anointing, pushing back the enemy, not afraid, helping people, lifting people up. That's who Portland Christian Center is. And can I get an amen? The final thing that I want to say, and the worship team can come up, the Holy Spirit empowers generosity to transform hearts. To transform hearts. The Holy Spirit will empower you to grow in generosity in ways you never thought possible. I want to read that verse one more time. In verse 36 through 37, it says this. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to apostles, to, to the apostles, and they distributed it. That verse right there is amazing to me. Because not many people think when I sell something, I'm going to just give it away. I'm going to give the money away for the kingdom of God. 
But I'm here to tell you that I have actually seen person after person, when they encounter the love and the power of the Holy Spirit, he empowers generosity. And what ends up happening is it transforms their heart, which changes their perspective, which allows them to destroy fear and change everything around them. You see, I believe that the Holy Spirit will empower each and every one of us to be extremely generous. Why? Because our Father is that kind of generous. He's been so good to you. He's been so generous to us. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. You see, when your heart transforms, you know what ends up happening? You don't care who gets the credit. You don't care. You just want God's glory to be shown throughout the world and you want people to come to God. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's empowering you to be generous. Last Sunday, my wife and I and our two boys were walking back to the office back there. And we came into my office and there were two packages wrapped in Christmas presents. No, they weren't for me. One said Tate and one said Titus. Early Christmas. The boys, they jumped around. Yeah! Tate, it's Christmas. Santa came. Like, no, it wasn't Santa. And they were so excited and they, they couldn't wait. And so I don't know if you do this with your kids, but I, we always say, open the card first. And they're just like, you know, the box is like half open. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right? So they open the card. It's got a Bible verse in it. Encouragement. Tell them how much they love us. And they signed a name that I'd never heard before. And I went and I, I asked people, they knew who this person was. No, it wasn't the Apostle Paul, don't worry. And it turns out it was a fake name. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to be known. They wanted to bless in the name of Jesus and from Portland Christian Center. And you have no idea how much that meant to me. Here's why. When I was at Northwest University, I ran into pastor kid after pastor kid who were only there because their parents made them go to college at this school. And they hated church. They hated everything about God. Most of them were struggling with drugs. They hated it. And, and you know why they hated it? Because of the pain they had gone through at that church. And I remember one night, one of my roommates, he was crying out to God, playing his guitar, singing and asking God to please help his parents. His dad was on the verge of committing suicide. He'd already attempted twice. All because of the pain. And as I'm listening to these stories and I'm praying for them and I'm trying to help them, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, pray for a church. I will love your family. You see, I grew up in a church that loved me. I grew up in a church. Mael grew up in a church that loved us. Christmas gifts, man, they spoiled us rotten. They always hugged my brother and I. Mael has so many memories of being at New Life Renton on Christmas and playing and having fun and playing hide and go seek and the church just loved them. You see, the reason it's so emotional 
is because I'm seeing it come true. Portland Christian Center, you're a generous church. Do you know that? This is a special place. This is special. Why is it so special? Because so many of people of you that I've met have been here for decade after decade after decade after decade, and maybe one more decade. And you've allowed the Holy Spirit to empower you to be generous. And I believe God sent us here to tell you this. He's not done with you. And for those of you that have been here just a week today, maybe it's your first Sunday, God's not done with you either. The Holy Spirit, I just believe, is going to empower us to be generous in new ways. This miracle offering is more about our identity than anything else. We are a generous church. Amen? We're a generous church. I just believe the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to light up some hearts today. Maybe you're here and the first thing when you heard, oh, no. He's asking for money. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I serve a God who's got tons of LaCroix. I don't need your money. I have a limitless God. What I'm here for, God has sent us for your hearts, for your kids' hearts, for your families. This church is going to be a safe place that will love kids, that will love families, that will take care of orphans and widows, seniors, people that are at home. Why? Because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be generous in every area of our lives. PCC, that's who you are. Myel and I tell ourselves all the time, we are so thankful to be a part of this church. Thank you for loving our family. And I believe our best days are right in front of us. If you're here today, and maybe as I was talking, you're like, man, Pastor, I want to be generous, but I am struggling. I'm going to put this LaCroix down, okay? I am struggling to be generous because I'm afraid. I'm partnering with the spirit of fear. With everybody watching, I'm just praying you're going to be bold and say, I want to be bold. If that's you today, would you slip your hand? You want to be bold. You're not afraid anymore. Come on. We see those hands. I want to be bold. I want to be strong. I want to be courageous. I want to live generously because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Come on. Amen. So if you had your hand up, would you hold it up really high with boldness? We're going to cast off fear right now. We're going to partner with the spirit of the living God. So Father, right now, I pray for every hand that's held high. We rebuke the lies of the enemy that you don't have enough. God, you are a limitless God. Holy Spirit, empower us to be generous today because that's who you are. You're the same God. Church, would you stand with me? Would you stand with me all across this room? We're going to be bold. We're going to sing this song. It's called The Same God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is generous. He's with you. He is for you. Those with, man, if you're afraid, would you lift your hands with me? Anybody else, if you just want God to empower you even more today, this miracle offering is going to change your perspective. It's going to destroy fear. But most of all, it's going to transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, come, fill us fresh today, I pray. In Jesus' name, let's sing it out. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream 
at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.